Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, it's not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, who I'm starting to feel as though I shouldn't call him full-time, because he seems particularly part-time, especially when it comes to appearing on these podcasts. However, joining me are our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Oh, yeah. And also our Echo reporter, Christian Walsh. How do Now, it's, uh, it's been one of those the last couple of days, and Andy, though, has got a bit of a pick-me-up, haven't you? Yeah, we're all a bit down after yesterday's defeat at Anfield, so I've got uh, two words for you. Cheap beer and uh, uh, exciting news. The uh, Blood Red podcast is now sponsored by Beer 52, who are a craft beer provider. And uh, we've uh, got a nice deal for Blood Red listeners. Uh, £10 off your uh, first shipment if you uh, use the code ECHO when you uh, log on to them at beer52.com. And you'll get uh, eight uh, delicious craft beers for just 14 quid instead of the normal 24 quid. So uh, log on there, uh, have a dabble. Uh, you also get a 100-page uh, magazine. Uh, and it all comes within one day. And uh, you can then subscribe if you want to. So, um, yeah, that's beer52.com. There are new sponsors. Uh, and for anybody who doesn't drink, there's also tap water is also available. <laughs> we need your rumour, don't we? We do, really. He is, he is our craft beer expert. So we're, we're hoping that uh, that nice plug will uh, mean that we might get a couple of sips coming th- to the Echo officers, but none has arrived yet. But uh, beer52.com, so uh, welcome them on board with Blood Red. And can we just underline that none has arrived yet? Just to, <laughs> just to make that absolutely clear. Uh, right, well, on more sobering thought, see what I did there? Very good, that. Thanks, yeah. Um, the game... On Sunday, the purview with her at Anfield to watch. In the world of the inevitable, there are some things that are more inevitable than others. And I think the fact that Liverpool losing at home to Crystal Palace with Christian Benteke scoring one from a corner is perhaps up there with things that we knew that was going to happen, didn't we, Andy? Well, I don't, I don't think we did know it was going to happen, yeah, we did, did we? We, um, did. We, we knew that there had the potential for it to be happened because with this Liverpool side and it feels for too many years... You, um, it always feels a couple of steps forward and then there's one back. And uh, this was a prime case of that. Two massive steps forward with two tough away victories. You come back to Anfield and there can be no excuses. Lovely sunny day, um, you know, packed, packed crowd um, and everything to play for. And more so than Crystal Palace, I would argue, in the sense that Palace, you, still, you felt were probably safe um, already given the teams that are below them. Uh, and, um, but um, they just didn't get it done Liverpool and you couldn't have any arguments um, they went ahead out of nothing really What's, I'm sure we'll talk about Coutinho's fantastic goal um, but uh, Benteke probably was inevitable given his record at Anfield that's five in three appearances at Anfield for the opposition now and uh, yeah. More than he got when he was a Liverpool player, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he only scored four in the league. He did get scored five times at Anfield, four in the league, one in the Europa League, I think, um, or, or the League Cup, perhaps. But uh, the um, yeah, it was it was a damaging, damaging result, and it 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 just undid a lot of the good work of the last two two weeks. Christian, do you agree with that? Yeah, the char char Reds are at it again, aren't they? Uh, you know, it's it's sideways, forwards, backwards. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. It's. Uh, I don't think it was inevitable, but it was certainly, you know, I think I think when you look at it, you know, say it's inevitability, it was, that's just on the gloom and doom side of things. But you look at what Palace are good at, and it's exactly what counteracts what Liverpool are bad at. Um, the quick down the wings, you've got Christian Benteke up front, the strong from set pieces, uh, 
they they'll defend deep. They'll hit, look to hit on the counter attack. It's it's the exact sort of football that Liverpool have struggled with all season. And you know, Allardyce took great delight in uh, explaining afterwards exactly how he did it, as if he'd reinvented the wheel. It's like, well, you, oh, with, you really that, haven't. Yeah, with because, that tactical insight, you get a job in charge of England, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, possibly. It's, um, you know, you haven't reinvented the wheel there, Big Sam. You, 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 you've watched Liverpool do this, you know, numerous times already this season. The full-backs push up. You get the space in behind to exploit. You get Matip, Lovren, Clavan, Lucas, whoever's playing at the back, in the centre-back, turning. And you put quality balls into the box, and that, that's what that's what Crystal Palace did. That being said, from a Liverpool point of view, I think it's absolutely unforgivable, no matter how poorly Liverpool play, and they did play very poorly throughout the 90 minutes, really. There was a little bit here and there, but in general, they were very poor throughout. I think it's absolutely unforgivable to be 1-0 up against a team that are 16th, 15th in the Premier League and lose 2-1. That just, I can't believe that's happened. Well, they, were three, they were three on up against Bournemouth. Got beat 4 yeah. 3. That felt like just a, one of those mad games, Bournemouth, though. It felt like Liverpool massively deserved to win that game, and there was just 15 it minutes. Happens, of there madness. Was a, there was, Manny yeah, went that, off, that, didn't he? And it just yeah. it happens, you know. But yesterday, there was Liverpool were lucky to go in front. They hadn't done anything really before Coutinho produces that moment of magic. Absolutely beautiful free kick. Is celebrating as soon as he leaves his foot, isn't it? You know, it's miles away from the goal, and he's already trotting off to celebrate. But you know, lovely, and so, you, so you take that and you think, yeah, we've got out of jail out there, but we haven't played well, and we're one 0 up. You know, go and finish it. But there was just this lack of, and it came through from the stands, and that's uh, you know not to be critical of, of of the support, but it was one of those days where you just thought. Um, I mean, I was watching on, so now I'm watching on television I was going to ask this and it seemed incredibly quiet oh. like even by Anfield not very hectic standards it was very very quiet but it's a, it is that field of inevitable isn't it I think because the hang on a minute ago you said it wasn't inevitable no no but in, it's, it's in the Liverpool fans psyche I think where you okay the last time Liverpool were at, were at Anfield they, they threw away a lead against Bournemouth and it's almost a self uh, self um, fulfilling prophecy fulfilling for prophecy that's the one Thanks. There was there was nerves every I mean Klopp mentioned it after the game, you know, you could sense it coming from the the stands and he was he was very clear that that people have to get used to these types of games that aren't brilliant football and we just need to sort of get the job done and for the crowd not to potentially bring a sense of of nerves onto the pitch. But we've 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 done this before, not necessarily on this pub but Certainly, I've been writing about this for years. It's a generational thing whereby if you're of a certain age, i.e. my age, you've seen, and Andy's age, you've seen Liverpool win stuff, and you know that getting over the line is the hardest part. You know, It's not always brilliant football, it's just getting the wins. And I think a lot of the, the, the younger generation of fans don't really get that. You saw that infamously against Chelsea in the you know, 2014, where I think the crowd perhaps weren't quite realising that a nil-nil against Chelsea would have been a decent result. And I think the team kind of contributed to that. In that respect, but here you can't, the you can't. You can't blame the crowd. I'm not blaming the crowd. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm not saying the crowd. I'm not even blame. But you I'm can't saying even. They're going after. They're going after. It seems as though they are having to learn as well as the players. Yeah, well, it's well, because there's so many people are damaged by experiences, aren't they? They've they've got. There's a certain. They've become too used to Liverpool, for want of better phrase, throwing it away at times, and and you would argue that yesterday was throwing it away, and. And so that that imparts a certain 
vibe in the crowd, if you like, which is picked up on on the pitch. And then there's also the argument that, you know, the players need to give the crowd something as well to go off. And I think Liverpool had one shot on target. Is that right, Christian? You're the stats man. But yeah, well, they haven't had a shot on target from, from open play, play in two games. In two, you know, so there wasn't a lot coming back from the players either. The players who should have had masses to play for, you know, if they want to go and play in the Champions League next year. So um, it's a dual thing, but all of that, that first 20 minutes until Coutinho scored, it was so flat and so lacking intensity both on the pitch, in the stands, and you just you just wondered, hang on, does everyone realise what's at stake here? We've, we've fought re- two really hard games to get in a situation where we can go at Anfield where it should be easier and go and you know really damage our rivals on a weekend where most of them were busy with the FA Cup semi-finals. And, um, I think that played the part though as well, Andy. I, I do, I, I feel like there was a lot of pressure on Liverpool and I don't think anyone really realised it until kick-off. But there was a big chance there to create a gap on, on a lot of teams. I think United beating Burnley didn't help them in terms of... I think if Liverpool would have maybe played first, it would have been a different story. Um, it just felt a little bit like, you know, uh, you know United aren't going to... They're not going to shake them off, are they? Yeah. They just didn't play very well is the other thing. You know, Crystal Palace have some good players. Mm. What was disappointing was that we couldn't make the most of a massively uh, rejigged Crystal Palace defence because mm. we know Crystal Palace can hurt you at the top end. And... Oh, until Liverpool started changing and were chasing the game in the last 10 to 15 minutes I actually don't think I'm trying to think and I might be proved wrong on this but from without having watched the full rerun of the game watching it live I don't think Crystal Palace caused us a lot of problems from set pieces they did, I don't remember them winning loads of headers no. in the box or you know a succession of corners or whatever it was one terrible mistake from Firmino at a corner basically let Benteke score from, from, from that, that corner Um the, the goal from open play, to a certain extent, is almost more worrying. You know, how Lovren... Well, a, a lot's been made of the defending, but the fact is, is that certainly for a few weeks now, Liverpool's actual attacking hasn't, oh, been, has, has, hasn't been particularly great. And I've just got a little stat here, uh, which was pointed out yesterday, is that in the last four games, Liverpool's shots on target. They had eight four games ago, which I can't remember what game that was. It was in the derby. It, they had four, no, against, Bournemouth, sorry. Four, four against Stoke, two against West Brom, and they only had one yesterday on Sunday, which was the goal. goal and yeah. even that was from outside the area. I think the last two games, I think they've had one or, or the two shots from inside the area on target, which is so ridiculous, really. It's a massive. It's a, you, you think about the chances of Liverpool. Like, the one thing about Liverpool at the start of the season when they were you know, going for the title, or certainly you know, had aspirations of it, the chances they were creating were good chances. And that was all down to Mane. It was down to the, him getting behind the lines. It was down to Firmino being central. It was down to Henderson. It was down to Lallana. Now, of course, three of those are missing and another one's been displaced once again because of Rigi's up front. You'd think about the past you know, four or five games, even the, even the derby. Let's go back to the derby here. Manny scores a goal, a difficult goal, not from a great angle. It's a hard goal, that. Coutinho scores a worldy where he takes on a couple of things from the top corner. Rigi scores one where he hammers it straight at the keeper and Robles should do better. You know... Their three goals were on another day they could easily be zero. You look at the Stoke game, you're relying on a, a, a deflection and a good Coutinho finish, and then an absolute world class yeah, goal. Most goals, most goals. No, no, but, 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 no, no, but, but, but you see, you see these graphs on Twitter now, don't you? And, and I find them really revealing. You know, expected goals and in terms of, you know, what are the quality of chances Liverpool are creating? And it, there's been a clear drop off in the past four or five games about the quality of chances Liverpool are creating. They're not 
they're not cutting up teams anymore. They're not turning teams back around. They're not putting them against the ropes. They're scrapping, and 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 well, it's a big, big issue for Liverpool because I don't see how they fix at it. At this stage of the season, though, there's very unless you're playing against a team that really is just not even trying. And that's, that doesn't happen very often. Is that teams don't tend to cut teams apart at this stage of the season? Really, teams at the top, they're just getting the job done. You know, it, certainly relegate threatened teams. They're not cutting teams apart. They're really scrapping. And the thing it's very rare for it to happen because what various cuts reasons. Teams apart more than anything. Pierce. Right. So we come back then to the man who looms large in his absence, more larger than anyone else probably, and that's Mane, isn't it? And it's probably. That, those stats you just brought took us back to the derby, didn't it? Yeah. Which is when Mane got injured, isn't it? And so Liverpool have done well to sort of create the types of goal Christian just went through there um, to get points since Mane's been out. We saw in January that Liverpool didn't uh, didn't win points without him. We hope we were over that. Um, yesterday sort of makes you question that again and think, well, you know, are, are we are we getting in a situation where no Mane, no party? And um, that that we can we can afford to go down that that road for these next four games. We know Manny's going to be absent until next season, um, but we know we've got still got good footballers in the team. And if they have to fashion different types of chances, if it has to be a Coutinho free kick, you know, a Firmino header from a set piece as it was last week, then they've just got to keep creating them. And now is not now is not the time to be. Over complicating what Liverpool need to do, as Al Davis of the Raiders used to say, just win, baby. Uh, another thing at this stage of the season, a lot of it's down to perceptions, and I'll explain this now. Liverpool just played West Brom away, Stoke away, Palace at home. If they draw up Stoke, draw up West Brom, and beat Palace, you'd say three decent results. It's five points, but they've just won at West Brom, won at Stoke, lost at home to Palace. They got one point more than they would have otherwise. Two good results and a bad one. But now people are just thinking of the bad one, aren't they? Um, they are, but I still think that if you were drawn at Stoke and drawn at West Brom, for all that we were delighted with the wins, we still would have sensed, we would have looked at what Liverpool's rivals were doing and said that's two points we're not, we're, you know, we, we really needed to keep that gap. And, um, you know, we're now in a situation where that dreadful way of things that Liverpool's um, fate is not in their own hands. And... Um, the, the, the Manchester derby becomes a massive game for Liverpool. Is that a, we don't want anybody to draw that game? Need a winner? I, well, I, I personally think... We don't want United winning. I, I, just, I just think you wave off City and just go, this is not... Let's forget about third. This is all about fourth. Yesterday, yesterday you saw third go, I think, mm. didn't it? Um, well, not necessarily, because if Man United beat Manchester City, then third's most definitely a possibility, but so sixth. So it, it's this is where it, it becomes a real issue. It's yeah. also it's it's a stick or twist scenario. I'll I, take my bird in the hand though and go. For, I'll just go, take. Yeah. No, I agree. Know, I every, agree. Every fan out there right now, if you just said fourth, yes, it means a qualifying round, but they absolutely take it. And because we're not in a situation, Arsenal well had a boost from that win yesterday. I don't think any of us probably thought they would pick themselves up and go and beat City in the uh, semi final. So okay, they're a long way back, nine back, but three games in hand. But that could give them a boost. Um, and now, you know that United City game. Um, I think anything, a draw from if Liverpool won yesterday, a draw would have been a brilliant result for Liverpool. Even there. if Liverpool had a draw yesterday, a draw would have been a decent result. But now a draw is probably the thing. I don't know. I think I'd still prefer a draw to a United victory. But I think very much Liverpool 
need to be wanting City to, to win that game. It's that day at the yard, isn't it? So yeah. there's mm-hmm. every chance that well, United, well, they need the the United, as well. United won there last year, didn't they? Rashford 1 0, wasn't it? That's right, I think. Is that true? I'm not going to disagree with you. I can't remember if I'm honest. I think that's right. I, 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 I don't pay any attention. But he, you should either, do. Either way, either way it, it is a game we're going to be really looking at um, on Thursday. It was. Thanks. It was an early goal, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad I'm not. I'm not that was a long time there. ago, by the way. We were just just to go off on a tangent. <laughs> I was sitting next to um, Chris McKenna the Daily Star, and he said, Ben Tucky was at Liverpool for two seasons, wasn't he? I was like, no, no, it was just the one. And he went, it really felt like two seasons. And I was like, no, no, I know it did because they played about 70 games. But well, he came on in the Europa League final, didn't he? He did. He came he on. People that, that feels like a long, long time ago. Yeah, Benteke, it was, I've made a few notes about some other players, but Benteke, the other Belgian striker that was uh, on show yes, on Sunday, was Mr. Origi. Now, Divock Origi, he's certainly, the last few weeks, he's been the very definition of hot and cold. Yeah. Now, he was he was a bit cold against Stoke. He was quite hot against West Brom, and he was absolutely freezing against Palace. Yeah, I mean, I've just been writing about him, actually, for, um, for Anfield Extra, and um, his performance... It's so frustrating, isn't it? He's got physically, he's got everything you could wish uh, for in a strike. He's got some pace, he's got strength. You know, he turned 22 last week. Yeah, he looked at West Brom as if he was starting to hold the ball up better, but he's he was massively uninvolved for large periods yesterday. Was that entirely um, his fault? Not not entirely, because a striker to a certain extent is requires service and all that. But I was looking at it. No, I think he was involved. I think he was. I think I'm correct in the stat. He made 13 passes, uh, and of those, and they, oh, of course he's often the furthest man forward. So he, you know, he made three successful forward passes in 90 minutes. Three. Now I know he's often the furthest forward, so he's linking play play backwards. But that's still relatively an incredible stat to me. He's six feet, whatever. Is six feet two, three, something, like, something that, yeah. like that. Okay, he won one of nine aerial challenges. Um, and, and as, a, as a comparison, I know it's not the same, you know, different players, etc. I think Firmino won four against West Brom. Yeah, yeah. And there were two, I want to highlight two moments that show for me the work in progress that Divock Origi is. There was Coutinho's superb free kick from the main stand side in the second half, which we were just waiting for the net to ball, do you know what I mean? jumps. And how he misses it, I've no idea. I saw a few people on social media going... Has he got a hole in his head? Because, <laughs> because there, was, there was a genuine optical illusion of how has he not headed that? And I think Christian nailed it. To, he was that along for me. He said he's just timed the jump all wrong. He sort of got up too early, I think. And and that was just sort of that that could have you know really pushed Liverpool on. And and then there was a, another situation where Firmino had a cross shot and it sort of went through legs and just missed the far post at the cop end mm. and. I think it was just too far away for Rigi for him to have, to reach, but a striker, a John Aldridge, a Gary Lineker type who absolutely know how to play centre forward, you can see them taking their um, cue from the from Firmino pulling his foot back, and they would have dived, been diving in full length with an outstretched leg or head um, to try and turn that in at the far post, just taking a chance. And a Rigi, if you watch him, he doesn't move. He's absolutely rooted to the spot. He's a bit like Rob Les was for a shot. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, he literally doesn't move, and that's just a sign of how he he isn't a natural at the position at times. Um, I thought I'd, 
he did some good things in the game. The first part would be right, the second part would be right, and then the third touch would just be over the touchline or given away. And he's a massively frustrating player because you can see so many good things, but then you're left wondering, you know, is he scoring enough goals? He's now, I think he's got ten for the year, which are, for the season, I should say, um, three of those this 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 calendar year in 2017. So three since January. One of those was Wolves in the Cup consolation. He scored two goals in it, and in a period where he hasn't really been um, injured particularly, has he? Um, and it's just that Klopp hasn't particularly trusted him. Situation. So, um, he, time's on his side. Twenty-two, just turned, but he does need to take that next step forward. And it, he is a classic example of two steps forward, one back. I think. I mean, Origi's future is not in doubt, is it? But what you, you have got to remember is he's only got. Two years left on his contract. Um, you know he's, he's got a year more than uh, Chan, and we all know what's going on with Chan at the moment. So, you know, he's going to have to. Uh, would you be offering him a new contract right now, Rigi? Yeah. Um, potentially to protect <coughs> your investment, I would say. But would you think he would deserve one? Does he deserve one? Not really. No. So, um, and, and it's clear that these sorts of. I know there's obviously with with Chan, there's there's a certain in elements of the player not being happy with with. Things on the table, etc. But you know, Liverpool have shown here that they're not scared to they're not scared to, to get involved in the blinking contest there with, with with some of the young players in terms of contracts. Be interested to see what happens with with that because you know th- this time next year it could be a channel all over again with Origi. And of course, Origi was playing because a certain Daniel Sturridge was unavailable injured. yet again, injured. One way as, as you injured. Club. Yeah. Well. Christian I mean, just... we've we've done stories to death, if we're being honest, a million times over this year. And Christian, I know that you're of the belief that we won't see him ever again. So not for Liverpool. Should I do? I think, that, I think that might have been me. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've got you both confused. I apologise. I apologise. It's easy to get the pair of you mixed up. There's only about, I, I, there's only about ten I, stone between us. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree either with that. I, I, you know, I'll let Andy take this because it was his shout in the first place. But I agree with absolutely everything he's about to say. No, I mean, we were talking about this and uh, Christian echoed Jurgen Klopp's uh, words there when you asked him that question, Ian, with one word when he was asked about it in the press conference yesterday and, uh, you know, where's Daniel Sturridge? They should, whoever should have been reading the echo, obviously, because we'd already revealed he was injured. Um, but he had one word, injured, and that was it. And it, it, was, it was the sort of reply that said, don't ask me any more about it because... Um, I might lose my temper. Seems to be the vibe, and I've had about enough. I wasn't well, with, going. With, I wasn't with, going in with yeah, the second yeah, yeah. question. With, yeah. with Sturridge, it seems that whenever this season, in the past, he's always had, you know, always had his problems with injuries, and you get the impression sometimes he's been like pushed on and pushed through it. And I remember the Steven Gerrard before he scored against United about it's four years ago now, nearly when he scored that winner. Mm. You know, and he said to him, "You know, you can do this for us." But now it it seems that whenever Jurgen Klopp's turned and needed him, that's when Sturridge has been off in the treatment room. He's just not been there, has he? Yeah. Whenever so, he's been needed, so conspicuous by his absence, and it seems to have been um, when, as you say, when Liverpool have most needed, and when Klopp um, turned to his bench yesterday. There was that incredible shot on match of the day two last night when you just scanned the bench, and there's all these. This chorus of choir boys, wasn't it? And um, you know, it wasn't. And Christian and I did some maths before when the when the bench was named, and um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think the Liverpool bench had eighty three Premier League starts on it, 
of which 56 were Alberto Moreno's, so our left full-backs. Um, the, the average age, the average average age was, was 19.8, was, was, yeah. which doesn't make sense because it's an age, but yeah. isn't yeah. It? it's okay. under 20 years of age. Yeah. Yeah. Teenage Palace's now. bench had a 611 appearances on it. Now, mm. uh, as I said in my analysis of the game, that, that may be neither here nor there, you know, but it showed you that Klopp's eggs were very much in the first 11 basket yesterday because he had no one to be potentially come on and change the game, really. Uh, you know, we were looking in terms of a centre-forward at Rian Brewster, who was going to be... Um, Christian came up with this, that the, the, the first ever Liverpool player to be born in the in this millennium in the 21st century. The 21st century. century. Yeah. I mean, the, the likelihood is that he probably will end up being... Oh, I, I think he'll get game yeah. time because yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. got moving this back to storage. Um, I don't, I don't, I you know, storage. We we believe it's not on the serious side of it, but it's the same complaint that sort of miss about six weeks. Would we, we say after this virus? Got four weeks left. Got four weeks left. Four weeks left. So if we've been playing with the first could, team, he could be fit for Sydney or wherever they're playing in Australia. It is Sydney, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so there is a the chance, one. given yeah. that um, I'm sure a few. Uh, people listen to this also listen to our um, uh, auction which we enjoyed doing last week with your um, fantastic sound effects Ian thank you um, and obviously I think our consensus was that Sturridge we felt Sturridge was almost certain to go in the summer yeah and um, if, if that's the case and you look at four games left you know, a, a month of what Klopp called quote wonderful football. He said, "Hopefully, <laughs> he hasn't been watching." Yeah. Um, hasn't watching anybody. Um, but I think I know what he means in the sense that there's going to be so many twists and turns. It is going to be fantastic to watch it play out. Do you actually think there's going to be twists and turns in oh. terms of? Oh, there has to be stuff that we didn't expect to happen, such as not what happened on Sunday. I haven't really explained that very well, have I? But my point being is You basically think Liverpool are going to throw it away? I don't think that. I think if they're going to do it, they're going to have to win all four games. Well, I think Emery Chan has just said the same thing, mm. uh, if, I'm, if I'm right, and uh, after the game. And um, I, don't, I don't think they, they have to. Uh, there was a little discussion with, uh, in the press room after the press conference yesterday when there was talk of 10 points from 12. Uh, being enough taking us to 76 I mean my point was I'm not c- quite convinced that there's 10 out there for us I, I work on the basis that the Middlesbrough three are yeah. you'd have to count us in the bag I think the, sorry to interrupt you I yeah. think the Southampton game is the crucial one it's just as well it is when it is I disagree I, I think it's the next one I think because Watford's I think absolutely it, huge because I think the Southampton one if they lose to Watford they have to win the Southampton one if they win against Watford then Southampton is a game for building momentum. You can see where I'm going with this. Because if whatever results they need at middle, against Middlesbrough and probably against West Ham as well, I think they'll probably get them. So that's why they need to have I, they need to be set up. For I the West Ham worries me more than Watford, to be honest. I can see us doing all right at Watford. Um, that, <laughs> what have you ever been? <laughs> Watford, Watford have just lost we'll with go, an extra yeah. man against Hull City. And, and they've gone up and apologised to the fans. They basically have know. a scrap in the stands. Yeah. Troy Deeney's playing. It's it's got like two nil nail written all over it. To Watford. Yeah, I know they'll try for a reaction, but it is. I still don't think they're a very good team. I think we can well, score goals. Watford are them. one of the worst teams I've seen. I saw Watford play against Everton. And Watford, <laughs> Watford won three two, and Watford were terrible. Yeah. I know that's Liverpool beat them six one. To be I know fair, that's in five the months ago. Just, it's well, just about whether Liverpool can turn their minds back on this because that's going to be psychologically that's a tough one to come back from. They keep going to tough places, get coming back with the points, and then they go out 
what should have been almost like a celebratory game of, of get stuck in, get a good victory, and off we go in the distance. And then you're right back to square one, and now they've got to go and tough out another tough away game. And that, will, it actually, will it actually help? This, sorry, will it actually help that they are away? The reason I say this is it comes back to what we were talking about before about the fans. Look, the last two home games were Palace lost, Bournemouth drew. Can't really count the derby because that's separate entity. Because you always win. Yeah. What, what was the home game before that? I can't remember. It was a big Burnley. Team. It was no, was it? Oh, no, it, sorry, was, it was Burnley, yeah, yeah. or it could have been Arsenal. Was Arsenal no, Burnley, it was Burnley. It was Burnley, which they just about got over the line, and that yeah. was kind of didn't play well. Didn't play well, and I think it's it's the players having to handle the pressure of playing at home. I think away from home, they, it's and off you know, a little bit. And you know what? There's there's such a great away support as well. You know, they, it, it feels like you're feels like a gang when the Liverpool go away, yeah. doesn't it? It feels like a real there. There's a bunch of incredible supporters who follow you everywhere, making a great noise. And you you're going sort of into the lion's den, so to speak, and it fe- and there's there's a you know, just, there's a better there's almost a a better us against them vibe. Well, this is what's weird at the beginning of the season though at home, and they were knocking everybody over. They were knocking everyone over, and it comes back again. We just come round and round in circles. It's Manny again, isn't it? He provides the pace, and I know the injuries with the last. It's all quality. It's the quality, yeah, yeah. the quality of the chances, the pace, the creativity. All of that's been taken out of the team, and now they're having to tough it out. It, it, Great at the moment where they have to tough it. But out. I think well, that can only take you so far. Don't you think Klopp knew this though? Whenever he, this is why when Mane got injured, he started talking a couple of weeks ago about winning ugly, didn't he, mm. or just getting over the line and these types of free. I can't. I haven't but got it, written but down, if we're but being honest, we all we all knew that because we've seen it all season. So we we know if you've got one or two players missing from this Liverpool team, you know, we, I know we mentioned Sturridge just then. Sturridge, Alana, Mane. The three, okay, storage hasn't quite got the same pace, but they're the three creative players. But it's about how you, it's about how you cope with it. Look at United; they went into Burnley, and um, but they got ruined. They, they they had Ibrahimovic, uh, obviously gone for the season. Talk of might be mm. gone forever. Uh, Rojo uh, gone for the season. They were ready uh, without uh, players, and they still had uh, had players on the. Uh, they still had Rashford on the bench, didn't they? And, yeah, well, Matter uh, was playing. This is you know, this, this is, is the, this is they've the, got a bigger squad, a, a bigger squad of quality of absolute. Yeah, you know, that's why in terms they spent all, That's how they spent all the money, well, which is why they're about to get. I was just going to say, I tell you what's better than winning ugly is is winning with a, a half decent winger in the club. And why they didn't? This goes back to January for me. Why they didn't do this? I have no idea why which, they didn't get which, a money replacement. Which brings us back round again to the inevitability of what's happening now. If we all saw it. Why didn't why was more done at the time? And well, we, we've done you know, this again. We keep know, on talking about the same stuff we, over we, and over we, again. Who are we yeah. to, to, to you know? We know, we know tell Jurgen Klopp. We're not going to. We're not going to. No, I think we should just stop stop that there because at the end of the season we can start doing all the you know the Liverpool but still got say, four games to go. They can still get this yeah. on the back of they can and 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 on this is isn't a time for blinking. But on the back of our discussion on the pod last week about on the auction pod, you know there has to be. Um, a very clear message for me to the owners. Take a look at Jurgen Klopp's bench yesterday. Yes, there's a number of lads there. Nobody listens to this pod needs to know uh, to be reminded how much I rate Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, That's my obligatory mention of him. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 that <laughs> High hopes for Ben Woodburn as well. Rian Brewster, I think, is you know, it's very, 
very early. He's a couple of years down the line. Yeah. 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 You know, he's yeah. just getting to grips with 23's football, and that's been a. You know, he only made his 18th debut earlier this season. Well, the 23's debut goal. was in January, wasn't it? Uh, in, uh, yeah. yeah, and his 18th starting debut was this season. For, you know, was there for his first goal, and uh, you know, you could see the joy on him. For him to be on a first team bench is just incredible. But it shows the lack of depth in the Liverpool squad. And while those players we hope will add to the depth next season and be potential players for League Cup games uh, and, and things like that, uh, we need a, a quality and a depth. So we need, you know, and that, that's difficult to achieve because you need, to a certain extent, you need numbers. Uh, but then you also um, have to make that decision on do you just spend very heavily on two or three real, real quality players who, who take your first 11 to a new level. And that's going to be an incredibly difficult balance for Klopp. And it will be even harder balance if he doesn't have the Champions League money in his back pocket. In fact, almost impossible. I, so, I wouldn't even say money. I'd say a lord as well. You know, just the, yeah. just the general we are in the Champions League. I, I, I wrote something today, uh, talking points, saying how it's almost a cash-22 situation for Liverpool. They need players of... Cater and Van Dijk's quality to see off teams like Crystal Palace, but they need the Champions League now. But until they get the Champions League, they're not going to get players of this quality. So they're in this vicious cycle at the moment where they're going to, if they don't get Champions League this season, they're going to play Palace again next season and teams like that and, and, and come a cropper to the exact same. Issues. Well, slight irony being that those two players that you mentioned, I'm pretty sure they've barely featured in the Champions League, have they, in their careers? No, 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 that's, no that's fair. So you made a fool of me there, haven't you? No, I've not made no, a fool no, of no, you because, no, I know just what you because mean. somebody hasn't played in the Champions League. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Well, they're they're not, they're not, they're not exactly. The reason, yeah. the reason, but they are top quality yeah. players. And it's the reason they will want to move on from their current clubs yeah. yes. is exactly that, isn't yeah. it? And that's why they may be available. And that's why um, this this next month of wonderful football as Jürgen says <laughs> my god it's going to have our nerves frayed because you know um, I think um, it's massive I think it's absolutely huge and uh, and as I said to you yesterday Andy coming back coming away from the ground what you've got to factor in next season is that if you think of course look they're going to buy good players anyway they didn't have Champions League they didn't have Europe this season and they brought in Mane and Wijnaldum but they also missed out on a couple you know your Van Dijk's and your you know your Naby Keita Julian Brandt even even like a Ryan Sessegnon, you can absolutely forget about them. So you get in the next tier below, which is fine, but it's not going to make Liverpool take that jump. Once again, it just seems like a bigger squad, some options. Some of them will be moved on as Deadwood in a couple of years' time. They've got the Europa League as well next season. Like If they don't get Champions League, they've got the Europa League. and that's just. A, could you imagine this season with the Europa League thrown in as well? It'd be an absolute disaster. Well, they would have had a bigger squad, wouldn't they? They wouldn't have let go after players that they let go last summer, I would imagine. Uh, just two final, th- two things to finish on then. First one, Mamadou Sacco, uh, as the kids would say, W followed by a T, followed followed by an F. Ah, uh, he's, he's mammoth, isn't he? It's just uh, Mama don't I, rather uh, than Mama do. You, you you just should he be sackoed? I'm just trying to get all the puns in it. Well, what was it yesterday? Uh, should he be court martialed because he is meant to be a soldier of the Liverpool country? <laughs> Um, I still like my analysis. So I can credit Christian now for that line. It's, uh, do you know what? It's there's a. It always uh, it always seems really glib when you say it, but there's a lot more important things in life than than football. And there's certainly a lot more important things in football than Mamadou Sacco doing a, a silly little handshake. It's, Was it's, it just silly? It's silly. It's disrespectful, but I think 
it would be wrong to, to focus on it when Liverpool have got a lot more pressure. Do concerns. you feel as well that it's irrelevant because he's not going to play for Liverpool exactly. anyway? He wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah. He, he certainly won't again now. And But, you know, maybe it just gave a little bit of insight as to why he's not at Anfield anymore. Andy, just Sacco, can you sum it up in a word? Brainless. <laughs> okay, and a final thing, uh, it would be remiss of me to, to finish without mentioning an El Clasico last night uh, between Real Madrid and Barcelona, obviously. Uh, certainly Lionel Messi scored a couple of goals there, uh, Christian. Uh, the big debate, certainly on social media today, is is he the greatest of all time? Would you say that he is? And if not, who is? Alberto Moreno. Okay, now I'll ask you that question. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, in my lifetime, of course, yes. And should Liverpool make a bid for him? <laughs> Again, this goes back to me and Jesse from Little Mix, doesn't it? <laughs> Again, if you're listening, you get three million now as well. He's the best. off, not three. Is it not half price? No, no, well, I'll, I'll, I'll re mention it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Messi, but Messi is, is undoubtedly the, well. In for me, he's he's, he's the greatest ever. He's not not yeah. at the moment. You know. For all he's only twenty nine. I know, but he's younger than me. Maybe for the last twelve months, I think there's been a slight deterioration, which is almost ridiculous to say yeah. given his numbers the last twelve months. But there was a period, that period when Guardiola was at Barcelona and they were the best club side mm. that I've I think I've ever seen, um, and they were just they were just brilliant to watch. And anyone who wasn't watching. Spanish football in those years all the time and just watching that side you you, you missed out of course you saw him in the you know, Champions League and everything else he's an absolutely incredible player and, and it's I know there's a sort of is it Ronaldo or is it Messi for, for me Ronaldo's numbers are unreal obviously uh, and we saw that against um, against Bayern again didn't we uh, mm. which, you know, some of them were onside uh, but I know I was very clear on this pod that Bayern were going to win the Champions League and Ronaldo was just you know, taking it away from them, and uh, and uh, to a certain extent, the referee as well, um, and the linesman. But um, for Messi is is for me uh, above Ronaldo in terms of the joy he brings you just watching him play. And uh, yeah, um, still haven't uh, I've seen the goal, the winning goal on uh, social media, but um, looking forward to catching up with that later on. I'm also a big fan of the gnarly Messi now, in the sense that he used to be the cherubic, angelic. <laughs> Lionel Messi, didn't he? You could do no wrong, clean shave, and now he's just you know he's going through a bit of a great, life crisis. Great celebration, crazy. wasn't it? Great oh, celebration. Just... That's one you can you just know that kids to today, you know, to, tonight they'll be going off playing footy on the playground tomorrow. They'll all be doing that, won't they? Taking the shirts off. Admittedly, they will probably be a bit cold. Roberto Firmino will be practicing again. I would have thought. Yes, that's true. Better supply if he's going to do that again. <laughs> can I mention a couple of things before we finish in? Uh, no, but I'll go on anyway. No, just. Uh, to mention to regular Blood Red listeners that we did, uh, Piercy and I, uh, he was in today, uh, on his day off indeed, and uh, we've had a... You made me feel guilty now. <laughs> uh, really. We've had a chat with Ian Herbert, who's um, uh, the chief sports writer of the Independent. Formerly of this parish. Formerly uh, of this parish, uh, of so many of, of the of the local pack are, and uh, we've had a great chat. He's, he's, uh, he's written a new book, um, Quiet Genius, about uh, Bob Paisley, um, about a quarter and a third of the way through it. It's absolutely fantastic. And he was in uh, he's in chatting about it. So uh, that'll be a Blood Red special that's coming up in the next day or two, which we'll put on the site. So uh, and I'd, so I'd urge everyone to have a listen to that. And uh, just to remind everyone that uh, 
this pod comes to you in association <laughs> with. Um, I'm, I'm seriously not on commission for this, but uh, <laughs> uh, if you do need a drink after yesterday's events, uh, go to beer52.com and uh, the, you'll get, to, if you order um, their monthly pack, and this month it's called New Kids on the Block, so I expect that's uh, lots of new beers. And instead of paying 24 quid, uh, you'll get 10 quid off and only pay 14 uh, with the code ECHO uh, by going on there. So use that and you'll get um, uh, the Ferment Beer Magazine next day delivery and uh, a flexible monthly subscription should you desire it. So um, uh, thanks to our sponsors, as they say in America. Indeed. Or have a drink of water. Cheerio.